Well, we definitely have the best-looking kids here at New Hope Kailua, don't we? Well, happy Thanksgiving week, church family. Thank you. Never too early to start, and we're going to celebrate uh, our first taste of Thanksgiving after service today. Well, the lion went out one uh, morning. He woke up, and the lion was wondering why he had this distinctive privilege of being the king of the beasts. And why did he get to be the king of the beasts? So he decided to do a little survey among the animal kingdom. And he went out and uh, he saw Mr. Giraffe and he said, Mr. Giraffe, how come I get to be king of the beasts and you don't? Mr. Giraffe said, well, it's because of your, your mighty, powerful roar. You're the king of the beasts. The lion said, well, that makes sense. Then he went up to uh, Mr. Gazelle and he said, Mr. Gazelle, how come I get to be king of the beasts and you don't? Mr. Gazelle said, oh, it's because of your mighty, powerful mane, your majestic appearance. That's why you're the king of the beasts. He said, oh. Then he went up to the monkey and he said, Mr. Monkey, I want to know, how come I get to be the king of the beasts and you don't? Mr. Monkey said, oh, it's because of your mighty, powerful teeth. You're the king of the beasts. He said, oh. Then he went to the mouse. He said, Mr. Mouse, how come I get to be king of the beasts and you don't? And Mr. Mouse said, well, I've been a little sick lately. <laughs> that, my friends, is called a dad joke. <laughs> Around our house, we have some dad jokes. And um, what I have just given you is a reason for Thanksgiving this Thanksgiving week. And here's your reason for Thanksgiving. You don't have to hear any more dad jokes <laughs> from the stint in Ohana. In fact, on Thursday, if you hear some groans coming from the Aikahi area, it's probably because there's some dad jokes happening at the Thanksgiving table. You can imagine uh, Pastor Mark. Um, but you know what? There's, there's uh, groaning at, at, at some of uh, the dad jokes in our house. But I, I might uh, not be surprised if there's some dad jokes at your house too. But in any case, that's a reason for Thanksgiving. What I really want to do this morning is uh, give you a real reason for Thanksgiving. A real inspiring reason for thanksgiving uh, from the inspired psalm, uh, psalmist in Psalm 107. So if you have your uh, Bible or your notepad or whatever, uh, your written Bible, pull up Psalm 107 because in this psalm, the uh, psalmist gives us a very inspiring reason for, a real reason for thanksgiving that I hope will penetrate your heart and soul this entire week, not just Thursday. And here's what the real reason for thanksgiving is. It's God's unfailing love. It's the unfailing love of the Lord. We're going to look at this psalm and see that over and over what the psalmist does is he, he recounts and he celebrates people in various positions, situations in life. But one thing they all have in common, they cry out to the Lord. They're in a situation of need, they're in a situation of distress, and they cry out to the Lord, and the Lord shows him his unfailing love. And uh, the psalmist inspires all of us uh, to say, um, Lord, we give thanks for your unfailing love. And my prayer this morning is the Holy Spirit will stir you and me together during this Thanksgiving season to give thanks for his unfailing love. So that's the major point of this entire psalm. We should all give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love. We read that in the, um, the first two verses 
of this psalm. The first three verses, the psalmist calls us, he inspires us, he urges us to celebrate the unfailing love of the Lord. He says, give thanks to the Lord this week, especially in Thanksgiving week. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love, and if you've been with us over the covenant series, there's the word, chesed, his loyal covenant love, his faithfulness and commitment to you and his affection and tenderness and care for you. Those are the two pillars of his loyal love, affection and care and commitment and loyalty. All of those comes together to his loyal love. For he is good, his loyal love endures forever. But catch this. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. It's what the Lord is inviting us to do this morning. Tell us, have you been redeemed? Have you been rescued? Have you been helped in any situation in life by God? Tell people about it. Let us tell our stories. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands, catch this, from the east, <clears throat> that's Kailua, from the west, that's Makaha, right? From the north, that's Haleiwa. From the south, Honolulu. Everyone in the island, that includes you and me, right? Yes, it includes the whole world, but especially our island. From all of these places, people whom God has moved and touched their lives, let us tell the stories of his loyal love, his unfailing love in our lives, with grateful hearts, with thanksgiving. Let me start, and we're going to have a few friends share this morning, and then uh, just to give you a heads up, at the end of the service, I'll give you an opportunity, just with a neighbor, just really short, think of this one expression of God's unfailing love that you're grateful for this Thanksgiving season. So here's one, a fresh one for Martha and me. When I think of God's loyal love, his unfailing love, one of the ways he showed that in our lives in major ways, I mean, he shows it every day in, in little ways, but in major ways is when we've transitioned in life. So my transition to move from Calgary, Alberta to Dallas, Texas for graduate school, huge uh, expression and manifestation of God's uh, unfailing love in that. That's where I met Martha. That's where our family started. And then when we graduated from graduate school, moved to Victoria, God came through. He provided. He was our good shepherd. He was totally good. And he, like a shepherd, he led, he guided, he provided. And then after 10 years of ministry in Victoria, guess what? Our good shepherd, he led us to every major, he led us to Hawaii, every major move. And years after that, when we planted New Hope Kailua, every transition, God showed up as our good shepherd. He prospered us, he blessed us, he was faithful, he provided. And, and so now what we're blessed to do is watch God be the good shepherd of our children's lives. And uh, many examples of that, but two weeks ago, this is the freshest example, I'm telling the story of God's loyal love in our lives. Two weeks ago, my son Stephen called me, and some of you will, a few of you will remember Steve when we planted New Hope Kailua, Steve was like a voluntary staff person. He was working uh, in town in the marketplace, but he was single and he gave himself to help build the church in the early years. Then the Lord called him to marry Julin and they moved to the mainland. He's been serving on the mainland. Just uh, this last summer, he finished uh, the project he was working on at uh, Regent College in Vancouver, and he felt the Lord calling him to a pastoral ministry. He'd uh, received his degree. So Martha and I, like parents with our kids, we're praying for Steve and Julian, and we have always prayed, Lord, have your way with our kids. We've never said, oh, you know, uh, try and manipulate them or orchestrate them for what we want them to. It's just we've just released them to the Lord. So they were interviewing for pastoral positions in British Columbia, in Washington State, and 
various places, and we're just praying God show them the path. Two weeks ago, you want to know a wonderful blessing? Steve called and he said, we've accepted a pastoral position. Guess where? Honolulu. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Honolulu. And it was like, awesome. Thank you so much. My oldest son is coming back and he's going to be serving as a pastor in the second best state church in the state. He didn't quite cut it. I'm just kidding. He's going to be, some of you, it's a sister church, C4 church. We know the people there. It's a wonderful place. He's going to be blessed. Uh, but for Martha and me, it's like, God hears the prayers of grandpa and grandma. <laughs> we, we weren't actually praying that God would bring them back to Hawaii, but we're totally blessed that they are. Oh, did I tell you? It's not just Steve and Julin. There's Ambrose. She's going to be six on Christmas Day. <laughs> There's Lucy. She's three. There's Willow. She's two. So we're blessed with the family being closer, getting to see them more often than we would there in the mainland. So that's just one latest expression of God's loyal covenant love, his unfailing goodness to our family. And uh, I know he's at work in your family as well. In fact, I'm going to ask uh, Spring to come and share. Spring is willing to just share something about how God's unfailing love has touched her life and her family's life in recent days. Thank you, Spring. Let's welcome Spring as she comes. Here's a... <laughs> no worries at all. Good morning. Um, I normally wouldn't volunteer myself to come up and do this, but Pastor Rick and Pastor Mark make it look so easy, right? Thank God for them. <laughs> um, it's a little nerve-wracking. Okay. So what comes to my heart is I give thanks to God for my family, my entire family. Uh, what comes a little bit closer this year, especially as I thank the Lord for my sister, who is elegantly and fiercely fighting cancer. For my mother, who is there to help her every day in this exhausting cancer battle, by her side when things are difficult each day, helping her make special memories. Thank and thank God for my daughters, Alexis and Jocelyn, Sorry, I should have made this a bigger font. <laughs> Who both have grown so much spiritually over the year. Our daughter Jocelyn lives in Eagle Mountain, Utah, with her friend, with her family, and her um, beautiful twin, my granddaughters Nova Oakley, and her two-month-old Isla. There's also a boy in there, Jax, but we're just talking about the girls here. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, they share, uh, sorry, they have shared, they have shared this growth so much. Okay, sorry, I'm going to go back. I feel like I'm all over the place. I'm sorry, my thing is scrolling weird. But anyway, uh, my daughters have grown so much spiritually this year. And that's, that growth has impacted me so much. Um, it has reminded me that I need to rekindle my relationship with Jesus. And now how... And now, and how important having this church, Ohana, is to me and my family. I thank you, Lord, for these strong, beautiful women that you have put into my life. They make me better. They make me a better sister, a better daughter, mother, and overall better person. Thank you, Lord, for the blessings and memories that you have given us here uh, in these special moments this year. Thank you. 
Thank you, Spring. And I know some of you are saying, thank God Pastor Rick didn't ask me, <laughs> because uh, sharing sometimes publicly isn't easy. But uh, Spring, it's such a blessing to know that God is uh, filling your life and your family's life with um, people of encouragement during some uh, difficult times. So the Lord bless you in his unfailing love and will continue to do so. When we look at the, uh, the psalm, there are several ways in which God shows us. At the beginning, he invites us to celebrate to uh, recount his unfailing love. I wanted you to notice in our time together four ways in which this psalm shows us to um, give thanks for God's unfailing love. Different situations, some you might uh, identify with. The first one is the Lord rescues our wandering souls and gives us life. The Lord rescues our wandering souls and gives us life. Look, look at verse 4, or read it with me, or listen as I read it. Some wandered in desert wastelands. Now let me say, this could be, the psalmist could be speaking about a physical journey. I think more significantly he's talking about a spiritual journey, but it could be both. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress he led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. And what's the response to the Lord helping them in their wandering, in their lostness, in their need? Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love. But catch this, for his wonderful deeds for mankind, for he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. I think there's a clue there when he says he satisfies the thirsty. He doesn't just give food and water, but he gives life. He gives good things. And uh, all of us, I think, can identify with our lives wandering. The scriptures say we've all wandered like sheep. And you may have heard a great statement from a great theologian. Augustine says this, Our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. And there's a sense in which we're created for relationship with God, and we walk through life, whether it's physical travel or spiritual, and we try and fill our lives with things that ultimately don't satisfy. We might try success, and people find success, but that doesn't satisfy. Or it might be money. If I really get rich, that'll satisfy, but money doesn't bring fulfillment and satisfaction in life. Or it might be pleasure or recreation or, or, or living a self-centered life, but none of those things ultimately satisfy, and we're left empty and we're left hungry and thirsty until our souls rest in God, until we're like that prodigal son who had wandered, and yet he set his heart towards his father. His father rushed out to greet him and love on him, and, and he found life. And that's ultimately the most precious gift that God gives us that we can all give thanks for, that Jesus came into our world and he came to give us life. He says, I've come that you might have life and life to its fullness. Eternal life, a relationship with God that starts here now that goes beyond the grave. And so he is the one who, in whom we find the rest of our souls. And he's the one who rescues our wandering souls wherever we've wandered from. And if, if you're uh, maybe on the path back from wandering this morning, maybe the Lord wants you to know he loves you and he's welcoming you back home from whatever wandering path you've been on. And he wants to give you life, fullness of life. That's what Jesus is all about. So that's one major reason we can all celebrate this morning, is that the Lord's unfailing love is revealed to those, is experienced by those um, who have wandered and yet turned their hearts towards home. But there's a second one, verses 10, he says, some sit in darkness, again, 
All of these are different situations where people turn to the Lord and find his unfailing love. The, the point in the next verse is the Lord breaks the bonds of prisoners. I don't know if you can identify, there's lots of different bonds uh, that, that hold people imprisoned in life. And God has an amazing way of showing his unfailing love and breaking fee- people free from all sorts of bonds. Some sat in darkness, verse 10, in utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains. And yes, uh, there are people who have been freed from literal iron chains, but all of us can identify with being set free from bonds, from imprisonments in our life. Because they rebelled against God's commandments. When you disobey God, when you defy God, when you go your own way, you will find yourself imprisoned in one way or the other. And despised the plans of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor. He allowed them to suffer their consequences. They stumbled And there was no one to help. Maybe you've been there in your life. No one to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Did you hear that again? In their distress, they cried out to the Lord and they experienced his unfailing love. And he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness. He broke away their chains. He he broke away their chains. And the response, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love. Did you hear it again? And his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through the bars of iron. The wonderful uh, brother this morning, Ekaika, is going to come and share something about how God showed him. Uh, he's going to tell his story of God's unfailing love in Ekaika's life. Come ahead, my friend. Yes, let's give a hand to Ekaika. Good morning, church. I guess I started from the age of around 12 doing drugs and alcohol. Up until August 15, 2006, I was addicted to alcohol and drugs. I never thought I would ever quit drinking. Growing up, I always knew who God was. My dad's side of the family was Catholic. My great-grandmother on my mom's side started Gospel of Salvation Church. Though I left him in the cupboard while I was out on, in the world, God never abandoned me. In 2006, he led me to Alcoholics Anonymous and New Hope Winward, where I started my relationship with God. He also led me to people in my life that would be influential in staying sober with peace, as much as, such as my sponsors, past and present, and pastors. He, God, has also continued to provide ways such as our step study workshop on Monday nights, AA meetings, and church. He has also blessed me with a life that is not perfect, but better than I deserve. For that, I am grateful to God. Sorry, guys, I had to write because I just got up this morning and uh, remembered that I had to share. Thank you for letting me share. <laughs> Thank you so much, Akaika. You know, uh, to add beauty upon beauty, uh, Akaika was not only freed from bonds of, um, of drug addiction, alcoholism, but now he and others in our church help others escape and break their bonds by take, 
taking him to God and uh, seeing his um, unfailing love, not only in Akaika's life, but in the life of his friends and others as well. Third thing that the psalmist celebrates that in this psalm, uh, first of all, that he celebrates God's unfailing love with um, um, situations of um, be, uh, breaking bonds of prisoners, of um, rescuing wandering souls, but there's a third thing that he uh, celebrates in this psalm, and that's that the, the Lord heals the sick. Listen to these and read along with me if you have your uh, Bible open, verse 17. The Lord heals the sick. He shows his unfailing love in healing people. Some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction, illness because of their iniquities. Now, we know that there are some decisions people make in life that mess with their health, that lead them to physical suffering. We also know Jesus says not all disease is a result of sin. Okay? But here he's recognizing that some diseases, some uh, illnesses, some physical affliction is because of people's foolishness and their rebellion. In either case, the Lord heals. They loathed all food and drew near the gates of death. They were sick almost to the point of death. But what did they do? They cried out to the Lord. Did you see that again? Whenever you cry out to the Lord, he delights to show his unfailing love. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word, and he healed them. He rescued them from the grave. What's the response to people who've been healed? Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. It's not just wonderful deeds for the people that are delivered, but it's for all people. Let them sacrifice thank offerings and tell of his works, and catch with this, tell of his works with songs of joy. We're so delighted this morning that Jana is going to come and sing a song of joy. I'm just kidding. Jana says, well, you, that's not what me has to do. John is going to come and talk about God's unfailing love in her and Don's life in, uh, in uh, the work he has done over. Thank you, Jonna. Let's give John a hand. Okay, it works. Good morning, everybody. I'm here to remind everyone, including our family, how grateful and thankful we are to God for major miracles that we've experienced this year since last July, in fact. Uh, last July, my husband was diagnosed with AML, acute myeloid leukemia, and it pushed us onto a whole new path. Immediately, he had to have chemotherapy, which uh, a week after he finished, landed him at Castle with multiple infections, sepsis, C. diff, uh, pneumonia, and uh, fungal and viral infections, and a ventilator. Two weeks later, we didn't know if he was going to actually ever get off the ventilator and come home. The doctors were not very hopeful, but we prayed. Pastor Rick was there every day, praying with me. All of you who knew about it were praying with him here on Sundays. It was very important that I had the support, the prayer groups all over the world, in fact, our family, our friends, everybody was contacting me daily. When Don left Castle and went home to recover, everybody was shocked that he actually walked out. It took about a month for him to uh, 
heal and get back to strength. And as soon as he did, we saw our oncologist who sent us immediately to City of Hope. There, upon arrival, doctor looked at him and said, you're going straight to the hospital. We're going to continue with chemo until we get you to um, no cancer left in your body, in which case you can have stem cell transplant. Well, it took several tries, took three more phases of chemotherapy, many neutropenic fevers, hospitalizations, um, three times a week transplant, um, transfusions, blood, platelets, fluids. And finally, by January, he was able to receive the stem cell transplant. It was probably the worst thing that, I know it was the worst thing he's ever lived through, but many of us as well, because you see how difficult diseases can be on a body, on a person, and how much they have to go through to just live through them, much less not knowing if they're going to come through. Pastor Rick again was texting me almost daily. Our family has been in contact. A lot of you have been in contact with me, which I'm very grateful for. God sent you to my life for a reason. And now we are seven months later, having gone through all of the procedures at City of Hope. We come home, and he's back to work full time. Unbelievable, yes. Miracle, yes. Proof of God's love for his children, yes. Last Thanksgiving, we were praying for healing. This Thanksgiving, we are praising God and thanking him for the healing. Thank you so much, Jaina. What a wonderful expression of God's healing, God's unfailing love to... Uh, to uh, Donna and Don and the, the entire family. And um, we have another uh, testimony. He wasn't able to be here this morning, but he was willing to share by video. So take a look at this uh, short video where Peter J. shares God's unfailing love in his journey of healing. Take a look. Aloha. This is Peter J., a servant there at the church. I don't know quite where to start other than to say God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. And also, God is seldom early, he's never late, but his timing is perfect. Um, some of you may know that I had a medical emergency about two plus months ago where I underwent open heart surgery. Back in January, I went to a new doctor who heard an irregular heartbeat, and um, she ordered tests, blood work, EKG, and an echocardiogram that showed an aneurysm. She referred me to a cardiologist in April who took another echocardiogram and told me that the results were better than in February. The cardiologist referred me to get a CT scan in May that I put off, not knowing the importance of the test. On the day of the incident, uh, we had a inter-squad meet at Kala Hill for the cross-country team and a potluck with the family afterwards that went till noon. Uh, I went home and unpacked um, my truck and felt some slight heaviness in my chest and some slight spasms in my chest as well. 
I called my wife and told her about it. And uh, she's an LPN and she came home. Um, she took my oxygen levels and my blood pressure. My oxygen levels were very low and I had no readings on my blood pressure. Since I didn't feel terrible, I was reluctant to go get any treatment. Um, my family had to convince me to go. Um, I went to Castle ER that afternoon, took a bunch of tests, then the CT scan, the one I um, didn't take in May. They showed aortic dissections and the ER physician said I would not make it through the night. I see God's fingerprints all over that day and night. He gave me a sign so subtle that coaxed me to share with my wife. He used my family uh, wife and son to convince me to go to ER. He kept me alive that day to get treated. He still has a plan and a purpose for me here on earth. Um, I'm so grateful for all his provisions in my life and uh, I'm so grateful for him every day, especially um, this holiday season. Um, mahalo. All right, thank you, Peter. Thank you again for uh, stories of God's unfailing love. This is what the psalmist says. And there's one last thing. He heals those that are sick and um, we can trust him with our health. We can turn to him and ask for healing. But there's one last movement in this psalm that I want us not to miss. The Lord reveals his wonderful works delivering us in creation. That's Psalm 23. Listen, some went out to the sea in ships. wonder if you might identify with being out on the ocean and having God's power around you, but being delivered from danger or harm. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens, went down to the depths. In their peril, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They were at their wits' end. In any situation, just, 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 distress, turn, and cry out to the Lord. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And what did he do? He brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. Does that remind you of what Jesus did? He has that kind of power. They were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven. And what's the response of people that have been delivered from seeing God's power in creation, but in a dangerous way in their lives? Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love. In all of these situations, when we turn to the Lord, we will experience his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. One quick example, when I read that, I haven't been in a big storm at sea that threatened my life. But when I was in my mid-20s, a group of us young adults used to, every year, we, uh, grew, I grew up in Calgary, Alberta, outdoor country, and uh, we would take our canoes in the middle of the summer in July, and we'd canoe on the Bow River from Lake Louise to Banff. It's always a wonderful thing through the mountains. This one year, right in the middle of the trip, it was like a three, four hour trip on the water, this enormous storm in July, snow, driving snow, you're in the mountains, so we can get uh, uh, snow, driving storms, wind, and if you know the out of doors, you can die in literally two hours if you get hypothermia. You've heard of hypothermia. If your body temperature lowers, we were in a very dangerous situation. We could have died. And uh, we cried out to the Lord, and he rescued us and saved us. And I'm here talking today because he delivered us from that uh, great 
act of, of, um, of uh, a storm, um, not in a, on the waters, but in the Rocky Mountains. And uh, I think at some point, all of us will look back and see the ways that God has protected us and delivered us from powers that are way beyond our control because he wants to show us his unfailing love.